Greetings and welcome to Disrupt Your Day, Season 3, Meet Your Next Superhero. Women have been starting small businesses in record levels since the pandemic began in 2020. Because everyone's path is different, there's plenty we can learn from women business owners who have been down the road before. So sit back, listen, and let them disrupt your day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Vision Ready's podcast series, Meet Your Next Superhero. This is the fourth episode of season three, where we will talk about capital and advocacy, how Black founders can find support to scale and grow their companies. My name is Panangara, and I'm the creative director of Vision Ready. Vision Ready is a certified woman-owned business helping women entrepreneurs transform their businesses with confidence grit, and resilience. We help open doors with the public and private sectors for contract opportunities to grow your company's bottom line. We achieve this by providing business consulting, training, project management, and wellness programs. Our guest today is Delmarie Cobb, veteran journalist, renowned trailblazer, and a fierce advocate for underserved communities. Her most notable accomplishments include being the first African-American to serve as press secretary of the Democratic National Convention in 1996, serving as the national traveling press secretary to presidential candidate Jesse Jackson in 1988, helping orchestrate the congressional campaign victory of then Alderman Bobby Rush and Jesse Jackson Jr., and serving as the Illinois press secretary for Hillary Clinton's historic presidential bid in 2016. Delmarie runs her own venture, The Publicity Works, a Chicago-based public affairs, political consulting, and media relations firm. To pass on her wealth of experience and knowledge, she founded the Ida B. Wells Legacy Committee, a political action committee whose purpose is to develop the next generation of progressive African-American women candidates who are willing to speak truth to power and work in the best interests of their constituents, keep voters informed, and engage political activists around public policy decisions. Welcome, Del Marie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending time with us uh, this morning. Now, tell us more about your firm, The Publicity Works, and why you founded it. So, I was a television reporter for 10 years and I actually grew up in a a family. My dad worked for the Board of Elections for 30 years. So I grew up talking politics all my life. And and so when I was no longer on the air and I was looking for a job, um, it just happened to be a um, 1987 and the presidential campaign was just starting for 1988. And I had said to myself years ago that I would love to work a presidential campaign one day, never knowing I would ever have an opportunity to do it. And um, and so I reached out to the uh, Jesse Jackson campaign and it was luck. I mean, it was just luck that I got it. And um, and so when I came back from the campaign, I was gone for six months. When I came back, I really wanted to see how I could marry the two things that I love most, uh, media and politics. And, and make a living doing it. 
And um, before I actually started, I wound up getting a job on the air um, for uh, WVON. I was a radio talk show host, which was very political in terms of all the discussions. It's very policy oriented. And so that made it even more um, uh, important for me to maybe form a company that could take my talents as a as a television reporter and what I know in terms of the business and then the politics and see if I could actually make a difference. And 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 my whole life has been about trying to make a difference no matter what hat I was wearing. And um, and I thought it was just as important for small organizations and black organizations and other organizations to have the same kind of talent and professionalism as a, a major corporation. That's that's great, Delmarie. And you mentioned that you have friends and family who are also in the same um you know, media, political spheres and all that. So what about the profession or the field that fascinates you or um, stimulates you the most? Well, it really is the fact that every day is a different day. I mean, there are no two days alike at all. I mean, at this point, I've been doing this for over 30 years and I'm, I'm still not bored. I have never had a bored day uh, because even if you don't have anything to do, there's a million things to do. And so, or just reading to keep up. I mean, you're, you're constantly having to read. Uh, I, can, I can count now how many recreational books I've read because I'm always <laughs> reading uh, just to keep up with what I, it is I do for a living. Right. And uh, but, you know, but it's always interesting because it's it's always topical. It's uh, pu- public policy. It's it affects you. It affects me. It affects somebody. And so having to keep up on all the issues makes it exciting. And so that's why I, I like it. It's just like being a television reporter as a TV reporter. There's no two days alike. Right. You never know what story you're going to get during the day. Uh, something breaks and, you know, you may be sitting in the newsroom with nothing to do and all of a sudden there's a hostage situation and you're sent out to to cover it or there's a fire. And that's what this is like. I mean, I'm sitting here sometimes and media are calling me for something or something happens to one of my clients that we certainly didn't foresee. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you got to go into crisis management mode. So that makes it exciting. And, And for me, I mean, that's the kind of adrenaline I live on right right oh especially now in in the news and everything I'm not go I won't get uh go into <laughs> it but I can totally relate and I can totally understand where you're coming from where you know even 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 you know it, it things change in minutes and so you have <laughs> to keep pivoting you have to prioritize and all that so it takes a lot of energy and a lot of um, preparation, probably. But tell us, how do you, you know, with with, with like within a day, if, if so much is happening and you're pulled in so many directions, what do you do to focus on the one thing that you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to do right now and get done. What do you do? What do you do to be able to focus on that, on that one thing for that moment or for that several minutes or hours? Well, my my work is really deadline oriented. I mean, even now, 
because again, it, it, it can be um, determined by what's happening in the news. Right. Uh, I've, had, I've had something break and all of a sudden it affects one client one way, it affects another client another way, and I have to write news releases from two different perspectives. Mm. And, I've, and I've got to get them out there <laughs> for the news at the same time. And so I have to stop everything I'm doing. But it really is about prioritizing and not letting, I mean, I have to unplug sometimes in order to meet my deadlines and not letting the technology rule you, but you have to rule the technology. And and so if you have to unplug to make your deadline, that's what you have to do. You can always call people back. That's what people don't seem to understand. <laughs> what a novel can... idea. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get me right away. And so, <laughs> so I, I have to do that. And it's really coming in and prioritizing everything you have to do uh, for that day in order to make sure that you get down to your checklist. Of course, you're not going to always be successful, but at least you've got to have a blueprint when you walk in the door. Oh, I like that word, Delmarie, blueprint. Now, I'm sure <laughs> our viewers can relate to everything that Delmarie has just said about prioritizing. And because I, as we know, as we all know, uh, founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, they get pulled in so many directions at the same time. So uh, please keep note of that, viewers. Okay, so <laughs> now let's dive into our main topic, how Black founders, especially Black women, how they can find support to scale and grow their companies. Delmarie, what should they pay close attention to in terms of trends or shifts in today's political landscape that affect or can potentially affect their businesses? Well, one of the things I learned over the years, and I wish I had done it early on, um, is that you don't need to uh, oftentimes we we as as founders think that we have to recreate the wheel and and do something that nobody else has done um, and you really don't you 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 should look for people you can partner with somebody who brings a different skill set to the job than you i i had a client once and i did a story they asked me to, to, to write a story on their 30 year anniversary. And, um, and so I interviewed, it was three partners and I interviewed all three of them and, to write the story. And when I saw it come together, I was like, oh, this is the formula. <laughs> this is the formula I should have had. This is the formula everyone should have. One was the rainmaker. He, wow. was, the, he, was, my, he was my primary client. The other one was the financial person and the other person was an engineer and did the, did the work. And so you've got to have, you cannot be everything. And uh, I mean, you, and oftentimes as small business, you have to be everything. And so something is not going to um, get done. Something is going to be overlooked. It's going, some things are going to be messy. And so, you know, you, and I always say is raggedy. And so I, you know, and, and, and so you've got to really think about when you're starting out, um, is there someone out here doing what you're doing that maybe your talents could enhance them? Maybe they could enhance you. Uh, and so I think we need to do more of that partnering. And I wish I had done it early on. There are people who were out here that I actually had gone to for advice that maybe I should have said, I'll work for you, <laughs> you know, instead, of, <laughs> instead of just asking them for their advice. I should have said, I'll work for you. <laughs> you know? And um, 
And so that's what I think we need to do more of. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think as Black people, we need to do more intentional hiring in terms of for clients. So are people who people who may know you, they know you, but they don't think of you when it's time to hire you. Mm-hmm. They want they hire somebody else. And I often say I'm a genius for free, but <laughs> but when it comes to time to pay, they think of somebody else. And so mm-hmm. it's um it's it's you know those are the kinds of things you're always navigating. And one of the things I do, um, and I think I've been lucky doing it, and it's because I was a TV reporter, is I know how to promote. Ah, and yes. I, I know how to promote myself. <laughs> and so you have to constantly promote yourself and your business. And that's one of the failings I think many Black businesses and small businesses, uh, mistakes they make, is that they they look at that as extra. And that's not mm-hmm. extra. That's a, that's a line item. From the day you open the door, that's a line item. Spend, t- spend some money, whatever money you need to spend. Um, spend time talking about the things you've done. Uh, if you've done something great, send a news release out on it or something or post it on your website But you or tell your friends in an email. I mean, LinkedIn, of course, does that. But you have to find ways to tell your story on a regular basis. Yes, I mean... You're just speaking to to my <laughs> to my heart here because I love stories. I love storytelling, and I am so grateful that you mentioned stories because that's again with the work that I do. I believe that that is something that gets people's attention and also keeps their attention and wanting to actually get more of you if they know a little bit more of where you come from, a little, a little bit more about why you're doing this and, and all that. So I'm going to um, ask you a, a, a question about culture because for, where, where I come from, uh, I was born in the Philippines and uh, you know I, I come from a very close-knit family. And what I was taught growing up is that I should be humble. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not proper if that's uh, the word that I should use right now, but that's the best word I can use right now. It's not proper to be uh, promoting yourself or to be bragging about yourself because that's that's just bragging. So I, I it, it took me a while actually to learn how to promote myself and not feel weird about it. Do you think that that might be something that some people might might be sort of um, might might have might have that feeling, which uh, is a hurdle for them to to not be promoting themselves. Well, I describe myself as humble but not modest. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very humble, but I'm not modest. <laughs> I okay. mean, if you don't, if Big you difference. don't, if, <laughs> right? If you don't blow your horn, nobody else is going to blow your horn. And so you've got to do it. And 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 when you're in a business, no matter what your business is, is competitive. There are other people doing it. I always give the example of why I, I, I always say that uh, McDonald's would never have to run another commercial in the history of the world. But McDonald's runs commercials because there's Burger King and there's Wendy's and there's Arby's and there's all these <laughs> others. And so they've got to remain top of mind. Right. And so that's what you have to do is, is help people think of you. I remember years ago, um, 
I saw I, I saw that I was looking at television uh, and I saw that one of the stations was interviewing another political consultant mm -hmm. who I knew and um, and I called them up afterwards and I said I saw you had uh, so and so on she, of course she's a competitor and I said and I don't know that I've seen any black people uh, come on your show as political consultants and I just want to let you know I'm out here and I would like to uh, you know, do your show sometime. I mean, it wasn't a couple of weeks later that he called me to do the show. And, uh, and that really opened up the door. And I've been doing, you know, I've been a political consultant as a guest on shows ever since. And so, but that wouldn't have happened had I not picked up the phone and made that call. Right, right. Reaching out and saying, hey, I'm here. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Delmarie at Vision Ready, we regularly talk about change happening at the intersections, uh, intersections of different industries, of different disciplines, and different ways of thinking and different ways of doing. Is there a point where, you know, capital and advocacy, because that's our topic is capital and advocacy. Is there a point in between, or not in between, but at the intersection of capital and advocacy, that Black entrepreneurs haven't tapped into or maybe need to better leverage? Well, it's very, it is hard um, uh, to get capital out here and it's hard to be taken seriously. And so oftentimes um, small businesses, black businesses, businesses of color, you wind up um, just coming out of your own pocket to get started or family members to get started. You start with very little and uh, you have to grow it from, from seed. And so that is very difficult. Um, you know, you'll have your uh, white counterparts who have those circles where they can go into and get the money. And that's, again, is something that's very important is, um, and I went to pre predominantly white schools and, and I understand human capital. So there's a human capital as well that many communities of color are at a deficit mm -hmm. unless that's part of the culture where because there are some communities of color that part of the culture is investing in each other mm -hmm. and so unless that's part of your culture you're always uh working uh, uh climbing uphill trying to find the money and uh and and get the connections and i can tell you that most of the major things that i've done in my career, I've been able to do because someone helped me. Um, I, you know, I, I put myself in the position, I may have reached out, but it was someone else who pulled me over the finish line. And so those are the things that we have to think about is that how the human capital, which is networking, it also is financing. If you have people who believe in you enough to, uh, to invest in what it is you do. And, and also one of the things, and I know uh, this was discussed a lot during after uh, George Floyd, is um, the systemic racism of major banks and other investment firms not giving money to black businesses and, and now making a concerted effort or, or promising to make a concerted effort uh, to do so. But, you know, how do you know, how do you not know that you're not being equal, that you're not, uh, I mean, one of the stories I remember reading right after George Floyd was that uh, Chase Bank 
had um, given over the same, I believe it was the same six year period, mm -hmm. uh, 2002 to 2000, some, uh, probably 2004 to 2014, something like that. Might've been a 10 year period. They had given Chatham $1 million. Here's a black middle-class housing community, you know, stable housing community, $1 million in mortgages. They had given Lincoln Park $800 million in mortgages. How do you not know that? You know, so how can things be equal when you have that kind of disparity in investment and belief? And so those are the kinds of things that we have to fight for all the time. And everybody has to fight for. It's not just black women fighting for it or black people fighting for it. Everyone has to fight for it because when everything is equitable, everybody does well. And that's and that's what we're here to make sure that everybody has a fair shot at doing well. Right, right. Thank you for that, Del Marie. What can a small business owner do now? What step can a small business owner do immediately to help fight? what you just said. So myself, for example, I'm a small business owner. What can I do right now to move toward, to, to help move the needle toward, toward that direction? I think we have to just make sure people are aware of it. I think we have to form uh, groups within our own, whatever it is, our circle of expertise. We have to make sure that we're helping each other. Um, if we have doors that we can open for each other, uh, we have to be able to do that. You know, if you have a client who's rich and might need something, um, letting them know, you know, I've got this friend who does this. Um, you don't always have to hire the, uh, the top 500, Fortune 500 companies to do what it is you need done. You can hire a small firm that can do it, that could do it just as well. And, and help make them. And so we have to sort of change how we think about things and how we open the doors for each other. Uh, I always say, uh, my mother used to say, the reason I can help you is because I love the hell out of me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which means me helping you takes nothing from me. And so that's what we have to look at it is that when I open a door for you, that didn't take anything from me. That just helped me help you, which is another gift actually to you. Right. Thank you, Delmarie, for spending time with us today and for sharing your invaluable insight and experience on today's topic. I hope we can have you on our program again soon. I would love to be on the program again. It was fun. Great. And Delmarie, do you have any parting words for our viewers today? Well, I again, think if there was any one regret that I had, as I mentioned earlier, it would be that I didn't look for people to come on board together. Um, I think that um, I, I jokingly say, we always wanna be aut autonomous and PO, P-O, we can't afford the other two letters, <laughs> but we're <laughs> autonomous. <laughs> Yes. So I, I, I don't want to be autonomous and poll. I would like to uh, be um, autonomous and, and uh, thriving and not in survival mode all the time. And I think that's one of the things we have to get out of mm -hmm. as uh, 
entrepreneurs and especially as community of colors is get out of the thriving mode and get into the, I mean, get out of the surviving mode and get into the thriving mode. And I think that's really important for us. Great. Thank you again, Del Marie. And thank you to all of our viewers for joining us today. Stay tuned for details about our next program coming to you in March. Meanwhile, take care, stay safe, and stay true. Bye, Del Marie. Thanks again, and goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening and letting us disrupt your day. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. For the latest entrepreneur buzz, please sign up for our newsletter by using the link in the description. Remember, be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time. Hey.